this is Anna East Eden. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with host Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Graham Wood. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with host Stephen Brittingham. Hi, Stephen. This is Emily Parker calling you. Hi, Stephen. It's Melissa Anderson calling. Mr. Brittingham, this is Bill Duke. How are you, sir? Stephen, this is Patrick Duffy. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. For more guest and show news, please visit hollywoodbeyond.net. Have a question or comment for Stephen? You can send them anytime to the show's official email address, hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, Supernatural fans, this is Carrie Gonzell inviting you to join me for Creation's Supernatural Convention in Arlington, Virginia, this coming August 12th through 14th. I will be there along with all of your favorite Supernatural stars. Join me for a free screening of Just My Imagination. I will be hosting along with the hilarious Nate Torrance, who plays Sully. There will be autographs, photo ops, a karaoke night, and so much more. Get your tickets at creationent.com. Don't miss out. Get yours today. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Thank you for listening. And now your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. In the summer of 2020, two couples decide to go on a COVID-era camping trip after months of being in lockdown. What started as a fun-filled vacation quickly turns into a test of loyalty and survival. My special guest today is the talented British actress Caitlin Cameron, who joins me from the UK here on Hollywood and Beyond. One of the leading cast members and co-director Leonardo Fuica's camping trip, available August 16th. Oh my God, you guys! You guys, come and look at this! This is real and legal! Oh my God! Holy, insanely fucking rich! Oh my God, this is gonna solve all our problems! Oh, I told you, babe. I told you it was going to work out for us. I know you did. Oh, God. This is amazing. You guys, there has to be like a million dollars in here. That is enough money for us to do whatever we want. Yeah. And we're all going to split it 50-50. Hi, friends and listeners. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond podcast with Stephen Brittingham, who just happens to be me, your host. I am excited to have a second cast member from the upcoming film Camping Trip visit the show today. As previously mentioned during the opening segment of the episode, my special guest is actress Caitlin Cameron, who is joining me from the UK to share thoughts of portraying Polly and some filming memories from this dark thriller and also to find out more about her artistic journey in general. I am very excited to have her uh, visit me on the show today. Caitlin, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure and honor. Welcome to the show. It's just so wonderful to finally be speaking with you today. Yeah, absolutely. We've we've been emailing back and forth a little bit, so it's really nice to to finally be able to sit here and chat to you properly. It sure is. And it's been a, a delight communicating with you. And so thank you for your generosity. I'm here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you are <laughs> all the way across the ocean, all, all the way across the world in the UK. I am. Yeah, I'm uh, in, I live in a little town called Tunbridge Wells, um, which is just south of London in the UK. 
very nice. And and how are things over there on your end of the world, so to speak? Um, very warm at the moment. Mm. <laughs> we've we've had a heat wave here, which is I think kind of brought everything to standstill a bit. We're not really prepared for it in the UK. Um, but other than that, great, fantastic. The I mean, when the weather's nice, you can't really complain, I suppose. But that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, make the most of it whilst it's there, I think, especially here. <laughs> I do love sunshine, but you're right. It has been an extra warm one this year. <laughs> but you know what? It's still um, so nice to be enjoying summertime. And it's amazing how fast the seasons go by sometime. Before you know it, it'll be fall. Yeah, I keep thinking that. I keep thinking enjoy it whilst it's here because I'm going to be in a big coat soon and I'll <laughs> be missing it. Well, you know, I tell you, once the end of August kind of gets here, that's when it's like, uh, it's kind of around the corner. Oh, really? It's that quick for you? Well, yeah, September will still be warm, and even early October mm-hmm. can. But then you start having like that extra cool breeze, if you know what I mean, or it yeah. starts to get a little bit darker earlier. It's kind of like this mm-hmm. slow process. And then all of a sudden in October, you just know it's fall around here. That's it. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited to be speaking with you about your performance, which was so good. It was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show in Camping Trip. I gave a description at the top of the episode, and I can't wait to uh, learn more about your filming experience and your character. You just did such a great job, and you really stood out on screen, I thought, and a uh, beautiful and talented actress, so thank you for this opportunity. But I thought before we begin, I would just love to lo- know where it, you are from, and then how did your interest in acting actually begin for you? Um, well, firstly, thank you for the very kind words about my performance. That's really, it really, really does mean so much, so thank you very much. Um, yeah, my my journey into acting, I suppose... Um, even from a child, I feel like it was meant to be. I was meant to be a performer. Um, I loved being the center of attention <laughs> um, <laughs> in any and all circumstance. Um, and I remember, I think I was probably about seven or eight when I first heard about drama as a subject at school. And my understanding of it was that you just got to play um, and make up scenarios. And I thought there is there could be nothing more fun um but it it took a little while for me to actually properly get into it I don't think I properly got into it until I was maybe 15 um and I started doing drama as a subject at school and um I remember thinking this is so much fun I can't believe how much fun I'm having and I'm at school that doesn't seem right um but I was I think probably like most people are very awkward and um I don't know quite shy teenager um and then I remember I did this first show and I felt like it it really gave me something I didn't let anyone come I didn't let my mum come my dad my friends my sisters nobody came so it was only the people that I was at school with that I couldn't say no you can't come that were allowed to come and I remember quite a few of them came up to me afterwards and said I had no idea you could do that um that wasn't sort of how we saw you and then it it kind of started from there I just did more and more and um then I did another play and it was the same again so many people but this time it was you know not just my parents that were there it was other people's parents coming up to me and being like wow what an amazing job you've done and it was specifically you know it was like they beelined for me as soon as we finished and it was a real moment of oh wow maybe I can do this um and then I applied for drama school was told you'll never get in the first year you apply um so was prepared to not get in did get in (laughs) um (laughs) went off to drama school trained for three years came out got an agent and that was that was kind of it I was off auditioning and um working on things and I think it kind of it took me a little bit of time to find my feet and sort of find my place in the industry and I think it's been probably over the last ironically three or four years including the pandemic that I've really sort of found where I feel like I belong and the characters I can play and what I'm comfortable with. Um, and yeah, that's, like I said, that's it. That, that was kind of what, what brought me to, to Camping Trip. Very nice. And this opportunity to appear in Camping Trip, 
How did that um, all start about for you? Uh, Were you offered the role specifically? We had a lot of very interesting things happen with casting, um, including mine. Um, So Leo and I have known each other for quite a long time. We actually, as soon as I finished drama school, I flew to LA as all young, excited actors do. Um, And I did a course there for two weeks. do a really fantastic studio called TBI. I'm not. I'm not sure if they're still running. I hope they are. Um, and during that um, course, Leo was also on the course, and we just got to to know each other really well. And there was a whole group of us, and it was just really, really lovely. We bonded so well. And um, I didn't really think much of it in terms of oh, I've met someone I might work with in the future. It was just friendships that I'd you know kind of cultivated within what was a crazy two-week whirlwind experience. And um, and I messaged him for some advice afterwards um, about agents and things like that. And he said to me then, oh, I'm actually a filmmaker as well, and I'd love to work with you one day. And it was kind of like, it happens quite a lot in the industry. Sometimes you'll meet people and you think, oh, okay, like, sure, maybe, maybe I'll hear from you again, maybe I won't. Um, but we continued our friendship and we'd message each other, not all the time, maybe every six months or so, just checking in and seeing what the other one was up to. And then when the pandemic hit, we started talking quite a lot more. And um, I'd always be messaging him because he was in LA at the time. So I was, and you know, everything I was seeing on the news was that it was all going, the, the most chaotic place was the States. Um, which actually looking back, I don't think that's true. I think that was just our news cycle trying to be like, it's worse there than it is here, which it wasn't. It was just <laughs> as bad to them. Um, and so I, I would message him a lot and say, you know, how are you? How are things? And he then moved back to Canada. And we just talk all the time. Um, and then he went silent for about three weeks. And I was really worried. And I messaged him and I said, I, I really hope you're okay. And he said, no, I'm so sorry. I've actually been writing. It's been weirdly quite a productive time for me. And I, he kind of goes into a bubble when he writes. Um, and he said, I've written, I've written a couple of films. Would you like to read them? And I just thought, yeah, amazing. It's something keeping me creative. It's keeping that creative mind going. Um, because at this point, like probably most actors, I just assumed that's that. That's my career over. I don't know if I'll ever work again. I don't know if the industry will ever be the same again because everything came to a standstill. Um, and and I I got the scripts through, I read them, I really liked them. And then he said, do you want to be in them? And I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to. I think they're great scripts. And in my head, I'm thinking, what's the pandemic's over in, I don't know, a year, two years, who knows? And I think this was around the end of May. And he said, okay, great, we're going to shoot this summer. And <laughs> it, was, it was such a whirlwind from, from that point. Um, and so that was my um, sort of, process of getting into it he and he said to me oh I wrote Polly with you in mind which is always a a massive compliment from from anybody when they say that they wrote something with you in mind um and I'd had it done with a a couple of short films or you know friends said oh you're my inspiration for this character or whatever but it had never been such a blunt she was written for you um as with Leo so yeah he um it, it was a very strange time that he really gave me a lot of confidence in like you know confidence in my abilities and and what I could do and what we could do um together and during yeah during what was a, a very strange time you know it's very interesting to me I've spoken with several folks who have shared how they came up with a an idea of or a project during the early days of the pandemic and and how they they, they turned in you know a, such a challenging situation for all of us into yeah. an artistic achievement. And I just think that that is absolutely fantastic and a wonderful thing. Well, I'll tell you what, it sounds like uh, he had you in mind, but did you feel a strong connection to your character from the get-go when you were reading the script? Did you feel that connection? Um, I think in some ways I definitely did. I could definitely see aspects of myself okay. in Polly. Um but there were there were other parts that because when I met Leo I was quite young um, I was fresh out of drama school I think I was twenty one maybe um, and so some time had passed so I was you know I 
there were aspects of Polly that I thought were really interesting because it was as if she had grown up. Like these these things about me that I thought maybe, oh, that's where he's got inspiration for that or just the way that she is, the way she speaks to people. But it was like a grown-up version. And I thought that was quite impressive because, you know, it would have been very easy for him to have written that character with me in mind as he met me at the time. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were definitely points in which I felt, oh, yeah, I get that. And then others that were not not necessarily far from reach, but not exactly how I am at the same time. Got it. And this was filmed at a very beautiful uh, location in Canada. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. There's, Leo has so many appealing shots of, of nature, of the woods, of the water, and rolling clouds. Isn't that so nice, the way he kind of had that all done? And it really brought like a something to the pace of the film. I mean, I really think it worked so nicely. Now, how um, how did that go um, getting to Canada from where you were due to the pandemic situation? I imagine that was very challenging. Um, I'm glad you asked that because it's quite a funny story. Actually. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad I did too. <laughs> um, so we'd, we'd applied for my work permit and the usual time frame for a work permit is quite quick. Um, but because of the pandemic, it was much slower. Um, and so we'd kind of pushed it in terms of how late we were applying um, through nobody's fault, just having to like gather lots of information. And, you know, one of the questions they ask is things like, um, please list every company you worked with so we can contact them. But because of the pandemic, a lot of companies that I'd worked with had closed, um, like theatre companies, small film companies. So suddenly my list of companies was getting shorter and it was things like that just kept sort of pushing it back a bit. Um, but then we, we sent it off and we just said it's kind of a waiting game at this point. And back then you couldn't, um, there was no sort of test to release or anything like that. When you got to another country, you just had to quarantine for 14 days. It was really strict. Um, you know, there were huge fines and even prison time, you know, if you weren't sticking to that, that 14 day quarantine. Um, and the time was ticking by and we were calling each other pretty much every day to, to check in and see what was happening. And, and he said to me, Oh, I'm getting pressure to recast you. And I was obviously thinking as an, as an actor, please, please don't. But as a friend, I was thinking, I completely understand why people are putting that pressure on you because this is, you know, you've got money on the line at the end of the day. Um, it costs a lot of money to to make a movie and my work permit was you know it was a certain amount of time and and it was you know we couldn't go over that in terms of shooting um and so the time is ticking down and ticking down and um sort of the last time I could really fly was was on a Saturday and on the Friday morning the day before I went for a dog walk with my mum and she was asking me like how are you feeling you know what what are your thoughts and I said to her, if I don't get this work permit through tonight, by this evening, I'm going to have to tell him to recast. And I was so devastated because obviously I've gone through this journey of, oh, it's the pandemic, I'll never work again. Oh, I have a part in something. Oh, maybe I don't. And it was it was such a roller coaster. And um, the, the day goes by, I've not had an email. And my mum, my lovely mum, she goes, let's let's just have a glass of wine. Like, let's just sit, watch a movie, have a couple of glasses of wine, we'll just relax. And I'm like, okay, do you know what? That's probably the absolute best thing I could do right now. And um, my phone had run out of battery, so I'd, I'd stuck it upstairs to to charge. Um, so I wasn't looking at it, wasn't thinking about it. You know, at this point, I'm drowning my sorrows. And <laughs> I thought, I should just go and check. I should just go and check my phone. So I turn it on, and I click on my emails, and I have an email. And it says, work permit approved. And <laughs> I drop everything call leo and i say it's come through my work permits come through what do i do and he was like you book the next flight you can and the next flight was the next morning and so i think it's about 10 p.m i'm on the phone to leo i'm on the phone to air canada um i'm trying to pack <laughs> i'm trying to pack for a month's worth of because i'd i'd packed and i'd unpacked which was looking back quite a silly thing to do because you know it was a just in case but I didn't want to get my hopes up. I kind of accepted this. So then I'm trying to repack everything. Um, you know, yeah, trying to 
trying to book my flight, trying to sort out getting to the airport. And I think it was maybe about 2 a.m. by the time that I'd actually done everything and everything was sorted and ready to go. And I think I had to be at the airport at 9 a.m. the next day. Oh, wow. And I, and I just thought, you know, talk about skin of your teeth. It was, it was so, so close. And I had, you know, even was sat with my mum kind of forming the, what I was going to say to him to say, I think it's time to move on. And thank God I didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, if I thought that even one day before, it would have been a bit of a tricky situation. But um, so it was, yeah, but it all came together. I got my flight, um, got over there and just, yeah, I just, I think it was the moment where I saw Leo at the other end. He came to pick me up from the airport that I was, it was finally that moment of, I made it. I got there. You made and, it. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, even thinking about it now, it's like, oh. <laughs> It might make you want to have another glass of wine because, yeah, uh, wow, <laughs> that's uh, that's something else. Well, I'm so glad that it all worked out for you. Uh, any you idea, too. though, for example, were you told later by Leo, like, why there was pressure to possibly replace you? Um, it was It was just because we had such a tight schedule in terms of filming. We only had two weeks to shoot the movie. And because I, I had to quarantine for 14 days, mm, it was yeah. starting to eat into production time. So I'd already eaten into about two, I think it was two days, maybe even three days of production time by the time I got there. Um, so luckily they had they had plenty to shoot that didn't involve me. Um, but it, it was very much getting to the point where, you know, if it, if it hadn't been me, they'd have to bring somebody else in so that they could just get the footage to, you know, otherwise Polly wouldn't have made an appearance until halfway through it and I think it would have made a lot less sense. <laughs> um but but yeah, so so it was a lot of pressure from from people around him. But he said to me at the time, he was like, not until we absolutely know it's a no, I'm being stubborn on this. And I'm so grateful that he was stubborn on it because, you know, it all worked out in the end. So glad to hear that. Now the filming location, what was that like when you saw how beautiful it all was? Oh, it, it was absolutely incredible. I've I've never shot a film entirely on location before. Um, I've, I'm very used to sound stages and, and things like that. So to do something completely outside was a really big deal. And I was a bit anxious about it. And then I got there and I saw it. And it it wasn't it wasn't so scary anymore because it was so beautiful and it was really secluded as well. So you know, there was a lot less interruption from, you know, the, the public in enjoying their, their camping trips um, because it's a, it is a real camping site. But the views are just absolutely incredible. And, and what you were saying earlier, what they've put in the film, um, the cinematography of the film and the shots that they have are just absolutely beautiful. And I think it adds so, so much um, in terms of, you know, you get you get the idea that they're secluded. You get the idea that they're in nature. And I think it just gives so much to the film. Mm-hmm. The two brothers who both co-directed the film just did an excellent job with yeah. the, their approach to scenes. And uh, I enjoyed, like I mentioned, the pace of the film. And I just wanted to kind of like see what was going to happen to everybody. You know, I was really caught yeah. up into the storyline, kind of like two storylines that overlap each other. And I, I like those yeah. kind of films because it's like, wow, we've got... Two, two sets of, of folks that were not intending to encounter each other, but uh-oh, they sure do. Now, I'm just wondering, I, I definitely want to bring um, a, 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 a unique situation indeed involving the police, but before <laughs> I do, <laughs> which Leonardo shared with me, it was, it was such a great story, I wanted to get your um, thoughts on that and what the experience mm. was like for you, but I did want to ask before that... Um, you said it was mostly remote, but did you ever have people that stumbled upon filming and 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 started watching you guys by chance? Um, yeah, we did a bit. I remember there was um, one take we did, and there was a man walking his dog, and the dog just ran into the shot, <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't ideal. Um, but it was a very well behaved dog. It you know oh, okay. called it. The, the dog went immediately back. Okay. Um, and he just held his dog and 
backstage and tried to be really quiet, but we were like, it's fine, it's fine. Like, we can't use that take now anyway. Um, I can't remember what take it was on, but I think it was one of the more like pivotal moments. Um, so we definitely couldn't use it. Um, and then just occasionally you'd, we'd arrive in the morning, there'd be a few cars in the car park, but it was, it was around, shot around a lake. And so you just thought, well, I don't know where, where they are in, in terms of us. Are they close to us? Are they further away? Um, yeah there were a few disturbances but we did get quite lucky it wasn't it wasn't too bad well that's great but the day i was referring to uh, you know this is a film that does have some screaming and intensity to it just in case folks out there haven't figured that out yet there will be some (laughs) screaming and yelling i can guarantee it so i guess from what i understand some folks nearby overheard this and they became concerned not knowing that maybe a film was being shot there so were you there that day on set when they the police were called in I was. Um, so it's quite funny because I, I listened to your episode with Leo, which I absolutely loved, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. And um, he's it's a really wonderful guest. Oh, he's great. He's the best. Um, but it's it's really interesting to hear it from his perspective because my perspective is quite different. Oh, in, do uh, tell me. Um, so <laughs> we were shooting, and we were shooting. It's a it's sort of the turning point in the film, the first sort of big scene that involves all of the main characters. And that scene we were meant to shoot, I think, in about two nights, um, may- maybe three. Um, and we did a nine-day shoot, and that scene took us six nights to shoot. Um, so it was over double, almost triple the time that we were meant to have. And a lot of the time, the reason we were having to to cut at the point we were was because we'd just done so many hours and, you know, like contract wise we can go over a certain amount of hours um so we get to a certain point and go great well we've got this we can do this tomorrow so it wasn't a huge deal and everyone kind of knew what we were doing um i think weather maybe had disrupted us once um and so we'd, we'd had a few setbacks and then i just remember this night and we're shooting and we're all getting really into it and it is very emotional scene there's a lot happening um there's and and it's and it's all six of us so it does take a long time to shoot when it's all six it's it's also a very long scene um and we were shooting we were really getting into it and then I just remember there was a a cut was called and then there was sort of a pause and I think it was Leo and Damien and maybe a couple of people sort of run off and we're going oh okay well we don't really know what's going on so we're just waiting um and the, the cast are just some of the best people I've ever met. I could talk about them for for hours, but um, so we're nice. all like keeping each other pumped up, and you know, yeah, just trying to like stay in the moment and everything like that. And Leo just walks back in, maybe half an hour later or so, just completely so cool, so collected. And I'm like, great, let's keep going. And he's like, no, 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 everyone come around. So we all gathered, and he said, we've we've finished shooting for tonight and he was so calm and I thought he was joking. So I was like, Oh yeah, good one. Like let's keep going. We've got to get this, you know, we've got to get this scene. We're really pushing it at this point. Enough with um, the jokes. Let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And, um, and then he just said, no, um, there are some campers nearby us. Um, the police have been called. They're really worried that someone's been attacked, um, by where they're camping. And so he was like, so that's it. Like, that's a wrap for tonight. You know, and we all just kind of got our stuff and and had to go. And I think it's a really funny one because there's a part of me that goes, wow, we must have been so in it for somebody (laughs) to think that. And then there's the other part of me that thinks those people must have been terrified. They, you know, they could have been sat there thinking, what if someone's being attacked? What if we're next? What do we do? Do we go and intervene? It seems I mean, I think if it's to the point where they don't want to intervene, they think it's pretty bad. So, yeah, they must have really been going through it. And I feel terrible if they're listening. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> we definitely didn't mean for your camping your camping trip to, to <laughs> go down that route. But, um, but yeah, so that was it. We just had to pack up and, and leave and come back the next day and try again. Wow. Well, you're yeah. right. Those folks had to be very concerned. Uh, yeah. I Hopefully that they were told later that, hey, everything was, was actually okay. 
But uh, yeah, I could imagine that they were very, very concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which um, I mean, I would have been too. So I, oh, I understand exactly. where they were coming from. Yeah. Hey, if you don't know, it makes sense, doesn't it? Of course, you would Absolutely. be concerned, and yeah. it's not something you could probably just uh, go, "Oh, don't worry about it." I mean, you yeah. want to make sure that everybody's okay in case they, you know, were in, in danger or in need of rescuing or or injured or something. So. Uh, well, yeah. thanks for sharing that. I, I enjoyed your version, too, very much. <laughs> uh, that, that, that is something else. Now, I'm very curious, though, had, other than uh, Leonardo, of course, had you been, um, had any association with any of the other uh, cast members before production? I mean, had you spoken to them on the phone? Or was this like you show up and, and you meet them for the first time? It really was a case of show up and meet them for the first time. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we had a very unique situation in that because of COVID and because I had to quarantine for two weeks, we actually all ended up quarantining together. Um, so I, and and back then there weren't tests available. It's not like I could test every day to see how I was doing. It was really a case of you're inside for two weeks and you hope for the best. And I had been so safe before. So I'd said to them, if I've got it, I've got it on the plane. But, and, and luckily... I did not have COVID. Nobody had COVID throughout the, the duration of the shoot, which was very lucky. That's great. Um, but because we had those two weeks to quarantine, it it really meant that we formed such a bond. Um, and I met Hannah first, who plays Coco. And I'd say within about 30 seconds of us talking, it was like, yeah, we're friends. But like it, was, it was so quick. Um, and Alex arrived later that day. And I was sat in in the room I was staying in and they both very wonderfully like sat out in the hallway with me so that we could all bond together. Cause I didn't want to come out of my room cause I didn't want to risk anyone. Um, and so they sat on the floor in the hallway and I sat on the floor in my bedroom and we just swapped stories and just, yeah, it was really, really amazing. We really, really bonded very quickly. Um, that sounds like so much fun. It was, and we did. We did all like the. It was the whole cast. It was honestly such a, a dream to work with them all, um, and we had all sorts. We'd we'd exercise together every day during those two weeks um, that we quarantined, and we do things like in the evening we'd go for walks. And the where we were staying was quite. It, uh, there were other houses on the road, but it was also quite secluded, so there weren't very many cars around. Um, so we'd go and sit on the road and stargaze together, and um, after. Every time we had, especially the, the, some of the bigger, more intense scenes, whoever got home first would start making hot chocolate for everybody, and we'd all sit and have like a debrief of the day and what oh, we wow. experienced and hot and chocolate. How we I'm always up for that. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was honestly so lovely. There were parts of it where I thought it's so funny that this is a job because <laughs> it doesn't really feel like one. Yes. Wow. Well, uh, what about meals, though? What, what, uh, due to the, the situation when you just have to eat there on site, nowhere to really go? Um, so we, we ate on set. We, we were very lucky we had a chef. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, it felt really fancy. <laughs> and um, and he, was, he was amazing. He was such a good cook and um, really great for everybody's like dietary requirements. And, you know, so there was always different options of different things. Um, and then we'd, we'd either eat breakfast on set if we started early and then lunch and then sometimes dinner as well or sometimes it would just be we'd have lunch and dinner and we'd have breakfast at the at the house and quite a few days that I'd make breakfast for everybody or somebody else would make breakfast and so it really sort of split that between all of us <laughs> well yeah. let me um ask you um it, you know m many times most of the time I would say I think there's actually been a few exceptions here and there a lot of films are uh, filmed out of sequence for various reasons. Was that the mm -hmm. case with this film or was it pretty much in order, so to speak, as far as scenes go? Um, it was actually fairly out of sequence, I would say. Oh, the, okay. the first scene in the film, we actually shot last. That was our last <laughs> day of... Yeah. Yeah, after um, going through all that, that's your first scene. That's kind of... That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Do you find that challenging as an actress? Like, like does... You know, would, do you like it that way or would you, in a perfect world, shoot it in order? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I think in a perfect world, it would be great to shoot everything in order. Sure. Just because then you can really feel your character's emotional journey and 
and everything they go through. Whereas some parts, um, after some some of the big climaxes, there would be smaller scenes, and we would shoot them before the big climactic scene, and that would be quite tough because you're trying to imagine what your character's going through. Obviously, when you've shot it, you know what they've gone through, um, mm. and if there's going to be any changes. Luckily, there weren't really any changes, so it it wasn't too bad. But I think that that first scene that we shot on the last day actually worked quite well because we were in a different location. Um, we were still outside, but we were. Um, it's at the house sort of as they're getting ready to go camping. Um, and I think by that point, we were all so bonded and so close that that by the time we came to doing all the friendly stuff, it was like, oh, that's so easy. We don't, we don't need to think <laughs> about this stuff. You know, it, there's, we all have such a connection and it feels like you're, you, even though you're obviously doing your lines, you just do feel like you're sort of chatting to your best friend. So that was, sure. that was really great. It, it really shows too in that opening, uh, portion of the film in addition to leo's and his brother's fantastic uh, camera work uh, i yeah. instantly felt as a viewer that all four of you were sincerely and truly close friends i mean like instantly even when you first like your first moment on film caitlin i'm like yeah she definitely is friends with this other lady and that came across yeah. so nicely <laughs> Oh, good, good. Yeah, I mean, we are we are really good friends. Um, all of us actually. It's it's really amazing to to have that connection with um, other actors. I think I've been quite lucky in that I've always worked with people I've liked. Um, but yeah, so Leo obviously has been a very good friend of mine for years. But um, Hannah, Alex, and then Jonathan, which was quite funny because he plays Billy, who's sort of one of the the more questionable characters. Um, we all became so close. And so sometimes actually it was quite funny doing scenes with Jonathan because, you know, it's meant to be really emotional. I meant to really hate him. And then the camera go off and we'd be making jokes immediately. So it was like, no, 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 I have to stay in this mindset where I hate you. <laughs> and it's really difficult because that's that's just, he's completely the opposite. He's a 180 to his character on screen. So he did, he did a very good job with that as well, I think. You know, this is the kind of film when uh, I was speaking with Leo he was glad that I did not describe it exclusively as a horror film because he said in yeah. his mind it, it was that was not what he was foreseeing. I mean, are there horrifying moments? Sure. Um, but we're dealing about human beings here and, and, and the decisions that they make, especially involving yeah. greed, and then, of course, a crime situation that's going on on the side. Um, but did you have any idea... Uh, to, like to the extent of how bloody some of the scenes were going to be. I know that I teased Leo with one scene in particular, and I don't want to give a spoiler out, but I bet you know what I'm talking about, where there's a lot of blood coming out. And I thought, <laughs> ah, you know what? He's doing that uh, on purpose because he's kind of having fun with this moment. But did you have any idea it would be that bloody? No, I don't think I did. <laughs> it was... It was funny because I think when you read something, you see it in your mind. And, yeah. you know, I thought it was going to be quite violent, but definitely the the bloody side of it. I, it, I remember being on set one day and Damien was there and that's very much his thing. He, he loves the blood and the guts. Um, <laughs> and I can't remember how much it was now. I wish I could remember, but he came up to me and he said, we've got however many gallons of blood to use <laughs> and we're going to use it all. And, I think that was the moment where I thought, oh, okay, okay. Um, this is this is definitely going to be a very bloody scene. Um, oh, and yeah. we, we <laughs> didn't, I don't think we actually even got through all of it. We had so much. But I was actually looking um, at a video on my phone earlier today of Alex, who plays Ace. Um, and it's after a, the particularly bloody scene. And it's him in his T-shirt and his hair, his face, his whole body is just fake blood and oh. there's a point where he pulls his t-shirt off himself and you like you can hear it <laughs> like oh becoming yeah. unstuck as it goes and it's so funny and it's yeah oh. it's just all in his hair and it, but he's fine he's like yep this is great this is this is fine are we gonna do another take <laughs> um yeah so but i think we all got really into it yeah. um, by the end of that scene it shows and you know what as a viewer caitlin all of you succeeded on this front because as a viewer, I'm sitting there cringing because I'm thinking, mm. ouch, like it's not just yeah. that there's violence. It's just like, Ooh, 
did you, you know, look at that. Like, and then I start thinking about, I put myself in your shoes or your co-star shoes, like, you know, that instinct of survival with these two guys mm-hmm. that show up and how dangerous they are and how you would just do anything to get through it, no matter what it yeah. takes. And then before all of that violence, Caitlin, as you know, there's that uh, mind game going on, right? Between the two guys mm-hmm. and all of you. And I remember going, not knowing what was about to happen, I kept going, you know, is he really being honest? Like, they'll take the money and run. I like to kind of think of those things. Like, like if I was in those shoes, would I just be like, here's the money, just don't hurt us, that's all we care about and then i thought wait a minute the chances of them not hurting all of you guys is probably low i mean slim like it's probably going to happen so i think all yeah. of your characters realize that yeah yeah i think so i think it's it's a really good film to actually put yourself in yeah in the shoes of the characters yes. um and go what would i do in that situation and um when when my sisters both first watched the film um one of them was saying, she was like, oh, I really dislike this character. I really, I really like this character. I really dislike this character. And it was so funny because other people I'd spoken to said, oh, that's my favorite character. That's the one that I was really uh-huh. with. So it's really, um, it's really interesting to think about it because I think it, it's so often in thrillers and horrors, you, you know, you're watching people do stuff and you go, don't do that. Don't do that. Why are they doing that? Um, but because it's split over four, four characters kind of going through this journey and, they all take slightly different approaches to it. Um, some of them very different, some of them quite different. And so I think it's quite easy to find the person that you would connect with most. Um, and I think that's something that's really clever about it because so often you see it from one perspective, whereas this is, you see everybody's journey and you see how everybody gets to the point that they get to and you see their moral compasses just going all over the place and what you think from the beginning to to by the end, it's, I think all of them have a real journey and one of the gentlemen that played the man in charge so to speak with the criminals right um yes Ulrich's character um now i have to tell you oh sure at first he's like oh that sounds great and blah 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 right like he's trying to be like hey you have nothing to worry about but man (laughs) when his true colors comes out there was just something kind of sleazy about his character. And I mean that as a compliment. Like when his mm-hmm. true colors come out, you just realize like this is just a dangerous person. And um yeah. but but what was that like uh doing scenes with him and also the other gentleman that portrayed Billy? Yeah, um I think I think that's really true. I think you kind of start to have this, like you say, this sort of distrust towards him. And then mm-hmm. as their journey goes on, you go, Oh God, they're they're well, I suppose depending on, you know, your moral compass, but like, oh, it, it gets, it can get worse. You go, oh, it can't get any worse. What if he does this? What if he does this? And then it's like, oh, well, actually, he's kind of gone another direction, which makes everything worse. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It, but working with them was actually great. Um, so Mike is, he just has so much knowledge, so many ideas. Um, he He brings he brings a lot. I mean, Jonathan did as well. Um, and so it was, but sometimes we'd we'd be doing scenes with them and it, it would be like, you know, I think Mike, especially he'd be looking at me like on, on my takes. He was very good at at kind of casting his eyes around the group, but on some of my takes, he'd be looking at me dead in the eye. And I think, don't look at me. I don't like this. Um, and again, it was funny with, with Jonathan because obviously offset was so close. Mm -hmm. And then, on set I just wouldn't be able to look at him because I'd just be so disgusted by everything mm. he was doing <laughs> and then yeah like I said earlier you'd call cut and he'd be like hey so how's it going you know and just really like upbeat and positive um <laughs> yeah. but so working with them as wow. actors was pretty amazing yeah yeah his character and I'm referring to him as as the character not him the person but Billy yeah, yeah um I would, I mean, my viewpoint is not the brightest tool in the shed, so to speak, and not a Definitely. very classy guy. <laughs> Definitely I mean, not. And, but that's what made him dangerous. He really just had no empathy and he didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think as well, when you think of the character that, as you said, isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, you think, well, how dangerous can they be? Ah, and then yeah. actually, again, it's this, it's the same with Oric. It kind of takes you on a journey of, oh, actually really quite dangerous you know when when someone's not necessarily the sharpest tool in the shed but that's like accompanied by as you said like no morals and just not not a good person 
Exactly. You wouldn't want to have a flat tire on the road and these two be the ones that pull over and help you. Let me put it that way. Definitely not. Definitely. Yeah, that's the exact way I'd put it as well. Definitely not. (laughs) And Caitlin, isn't it interesting when you think about doesn't happen all the time, but a lot. When you're watching a film and, and you have two sets of criminals that are going to do this exchange, maybe information for money or a device for money or whatever it would be, it's just amazing yeah. how many double crosses that characters like that seem to have. It, it, isn't it kind of interesting to think if they would just do what they say they're going to do, they could both walk away? Yeah. yeah, it really is. It really is funny. And I think, think about it. That's all they had to do. Like, like they're off doing that yeah. deal with that guy. And if everybody would have just kept their word, your characters would uh, not even encounter them, most likely. Yeah, exactly. We would have had a lovely weekend. <laughs> yes. Nothing would have, nothing would have gone wrong. They no. would have gone off and done their own things, lived happily ever after. But no, no, that's, that's not the way they, they did it. Well, Caitlin, <laughs> let me ask you. Um, I, okay. I knew that the characters were close. I could tell right away. I didn't realize how close they were going to be until later in the film. Um, yeah. and I was like, I mean, that just somehow caught me off guard. I don't know. I had like, I had like no warning, so to speak, if you know what I mean, like no clue. So I thought, oh, okay. They are all very friendly and close. Um, when you read that in the script, I mean, I'm just curious, how did you view that as an actress? Like, like what, what, what entered your mind when you read like about that whole situation? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's funny because I think when you rewatch, you do get hints of, of how close they are. Um, but it's very subtle on that. It is, it is very subtle. And I think it's funny because sometimes we do a take and Damien would come and be like too much from everyone, too much, (laughs) bring it back, dial it back. Um, we need to make this more subtle. Um, but yeah, reading it for the first time, it was, um, Yeah, I think it was a surprise, but it was like, oh, okay, (laughs) that kind of almost makes sense. Um, It does, doesn't it? Now that we've got to that moment, it does sort of make sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And shooting it was, it's the funniest thing I've ever had to shoot. Um, (laughs) It was, it was very much, um, I think, I think Leo mentioned in his interview, we had 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to do a scene where there was kiss any kissing you didn't have all day that's for sure (laughs) yeah it was it was 15 minutes like let's get get it going and 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 let's make it look good because this is it yeah (laughs) so it's so we we did one 15 minute continuous take they were trying to figure out how they were going to cut and change and so they just they just said 15 minute continuous take no cutting and we just had direction sort of shouted at us from the sideline and then because they had to get coverage of of everybody and i think damien especially enjoys me telling this story it's much better if it's in person because i i really get into i really get up and get interactive but the crew running around us because we were in sort of a little circle and the crew running around us and all but it's not just like the camera it's also the sound and like Uh, you know people carrying wires and damien and and it's so just every so often you just hear like jingling going past you (laughs) and trying not to break and not to laugh was really difficult and then when we when we did finish when we got to our our point our 15 minutes and we cut i think all four of us just burst out laughing i was like that was just the weirdest (laughs) weirdest thing i've ever shot um i could imagine after the scene was over if you guys had a big laugh and just kind of like okay that's over yeah it was like that was one of the the more nerve-wracking scenes but once (laughs) like it was it was really good it was you know we spoke about everything a lot beforehand and so it's yeah it it was very tastefully done and it was yeah. tastefully done and and you're yeah. right second viewing i was like how come i overlooked this the first time like yeah like now i would know like okay um i can kind of see a few hints here like you said but the first yeah. time i do not know why i maybe i was just trying to you know learn about the characters and i was just kind of letting a few things fly over my head but now i can definitely i can definitely see the yeah. difference well th- yeah. that is amazing I, I, yeah, it really is. I think, but I think everyone's felt the same as you. Everyone I've spoken to has gone, oh, um, so I, <laughs> I think that is sort of the general reaction. Mm, well, thanks for sharing all of that. And it's just so much fun to to speak with you. Um, I would love to get your personal thoughts and perspective 
when the whole uh, focus of greed being a big theme of the film, um, you know, after all of that violence and whatnot, right? But before mm-hmm. the conclusion of the film, so let's say in between, yeah. right? When decisions are trying to be made or, or and all of that, you know, when you think about it, Caitlin, since they were all friends together, 50-50 mm-hmm. split, I kept yeah. asking, and again, like you said, it's fun to put yourself in the shoes. So for me personally, I'm thinking, these are my friends. Why not give them 50% and go on? But isn't it interesting yeah. how they kept, it's like they did themselves in. They, 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 they gave reasons why we have to have it all. Or, or maybe they were tempted. Like, hey, this is a lot of money. And if they weren't around, we would have it. But what's your whole perspective on the decisions that these characters would make? Well, I think it's, I think it becomes sort of a split of the two um, couples a little bit um, in terms of their perspective. And I think because the, f- the film is so much about loyalty and friendship um, and that being sort of one of the main, you know, pillars of the film, I think to see that crumble and it, and it really does start to crumble based on different decisions that different people are making um, you kind of start to understand um, that they're not all in it together anymore. You know, things mm-hmm. have things have happened um, that they can't take back, that they can never take back, um, and will always be there in their friendship. So I think, um, I think for for Polly, Polly's whole role within the film, I would say, is she's sort of the the matriarch she really and I think that was a big thing when I was reading the script I was really trying to put myself in Polly's shoes and understand every character's journey um throughout not not just towards the end um and I think she she is probably in my opinion the most level-headed within that group um and yeah, I, I think she she really wants it to just go back to normal. So she's kind of got as much as she's sort of very loving and sort of a bit more in charge. I think she's also quite naive within that moment. Um, and I think a lot of people would be. And that's something that I feel like I as a person would relate to. I'd be like, no, somehow it can all go back to back to how it was. And um, and then obviously yeah it it does become about what we're owed and what they're owed and who deserves what and who doesn't deserve anything and yeah. and yeah it really it really has i think that's a, a big thing with the film i think it's these sh- these constant moral shifts that you see within the characters and how they go from start in one place and end up somewhere completely different i, I yeah i think that's one of the really great things about the film caitlin if we go back just a few moments but somehow a connected topic you you just suddenly had me realizing that discovering um well let me put it this way the aftermath of some of the violent scenes that we were uh, discussing mm-hmm. it's interesting to me how characters often in films not all the time of course but often you know when something goes wrong that's really 100% not their fault or it was self-defense. It's Mm. interesting how when panic sets in, and when you think about it, of course it's understandable how it looks and et cetera, et cetera. But isn't it interesting in hindsight if characters would just go, you know what, let's just contact the authorities. We actually didn't do anything wrong. It would look so much better for them (laughs) than the whole covering up and trying to get out of it because that's when it looks to the authorities later on if they get clued in. That's where they go, ah, but you were trying to cover this up. How how do we know you're telling the truth? Yeah. It's kind of interesting to think about. It's how my mind works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think it's really true. And I think it's funny because we as actors would stand there and say the exact same things on set like oh if they just did this 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 whole thing would be (laughs) over now you know they just 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 do the right thing but I think also when you're in a moment of panic Mm -hmm. and you don't know what's going to happen and you do think you know something's going to go really horribly wrong if I try to do the right thing somehow it's still not going to go my way you make these really rash and quite honestly ridiculous decisions and then I think this is a great example of how you know 
making these decisions have it means they have serious consequences um mm-hmm. which i think they weren't thinking about when they when everything starts they're not thinking about how bad things can get they're just going things are going to be amazing and then <laughs> actually they're brought back down to earth with a with We're a rich. A pretty big thud. <laughs> yeah yeah um but i yeah i i think it is i think what you're saying is very true yeah they could they could so easily try and do the right thing and if they'd just done that at the beginning again it'd be a much shorter film but um it, w- it would have been much better for them as people and your character i believe is the one that actually discovers the money is that correct yeah she does yeah. she does um and i i thought i i really liked that because again as i said i really feel like polly is kind of the she's the very level-headed one of the group and everything and then it's interesting to see her I think that's the moment where her perspectives and as, as I've said before, her morals really start to, to change when, mm-hmm. when it's not so much when she finds the money, it's when she starts to understand the circumstances of them finding the money and what that actually means for her. That's when things start to shift for her. You know, Caitlin, I was just, I'm, I'm just imagining if I open up a big suitcase or bag of money and you're mm. actually seeing all of that, and you can tell it's a lot of cash, and there's nobody yeah. else around. I mean, in all honesty, lots of people would be tempted to somehow yeah. find a way to keep it, but obviously it this run. situation gets way out of hand. Um, mm. I have to say, the ending to the film, to me, with, between the couples, is kind of what makes it the horrifying aspect even more than yeah. all that other stuff that happened because of the friendships and like what we just discussed. But you were a part of a very pivotal moment near the final moments of the film. Um, I'm sure yeah. you know what I'm referring to. Um, <laughs> and when you read that in the script that you were, I mean, you, I bet you were kind of looking forward to that scene, if I'm guessing right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That that scene was, um, that scene was, quite a a tricky one because it's quite there's a lot happening in that scene and my um everything I do in that scene is one take um we did everything in one take there are bits that cut Mm. in towards the end but everything I did was one take and um and we did that once wow we did that well done time that that was all we had um but yeah I think I think looking back as tough as it was and it, it was tough it was basically without giving anything away, it's a scene in which the, the camera turns for mm-hmm. the beginning. So you kind of, you hear this conversation, you see things start to happen and then, and then it follows and it follows through. We, we do a journey together with the audience. Um, and the turning scene was really interesting because we, you know, we were having to, to stop and pull. It was so technical. And, and then, but by, by the end of it, yeah, that is, hundred percent my favorite scene everything that that happens in that mm-hmm. moment without giving anything away i'm really trying not to give any spoilers i know um, it's hard not was, to isn't it <laughs> yeah it is it is really well maybe tough. you can come um, back in a year so and we great. can say um okay now we can really talk about that scene <laughs> yeah i'd love that and i'd love to be able to to give all of the stories that involve the spoilers um because yeah there's i mean we have so many stories from that from that shoot it was it was really really incredible well, um and keep i feel that really in mind. To maybe we can do that down the yeah. road i'd love to i'd love to have you back if, in case you don't yeah. know yeah <laughs> well thank you i'd love to come back as well that would be great well um, um, but yeah yeah I it have, was really fun well i appreciate you sharing these stories now i came across some information that i was i was so happy for you and i thought it was well deserved i believe you have won at least one award for your portrayal on this film is that correct I have, yeah. Oh, congratulations. Um, I, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was very unexpected, um, the the win. I, I was nominated, actually, in um, Cincinnati as well. Um, we had a film festival over there, and I was nominated for Best Supporting Performer oh, wow. whilst I was there. Um, I didn't win that one. The, it was a young girl that won, and she was absolutely phenomenal in her film. So it was. I was. The, very, what was the name of the festival, if you don't mind me asking? It was um, Horror Hound. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, film that's festival. right. And so it's a it's a convention and a and a film festival. Um, and it was amazing. I met some absolutely incredible people there. Watched some amazing films. Oh, if um, I would have known about you ahead of time, and and Leo, I would have loved to have met both of you very much. Yeah, yeah, I know it was really really wonderful. But 
Yeah. So, and I suppose that would have been the first time you'd have been able to see the film. It was yeah. For us, because they showed the film as well, and it was it was the first time that the film had been watched with an audience of people that I didn't know, um, and none of us knew, and so it was it was really scary. We had a Q and A afterwards and everything, and I was just sat there and trying to like look at the people around me to see whether they were thinking and listening out for you know you know their gasps and whatever and it was so it was so surreal to sit there and then talk to a group of people afterwards about my experiences on the film but um yeah, yeah so that that was that was the first one and then I in um Hastings there's um a wonderful festival um called Hastings Rocks they actually have quite a few they have um, London Rocks, Hastings Rocks, Brighton Rocks, and um, LA Rocks as well. So it's a, a little sort of sisterhood of festivals. And um, I didn't know that I was nominated at that one. Um, and oh, okay. It was quite a good one because I brought my parents to watch it at that time. And so when at the end they did the Q&A and then uh, Dr. James, the, who runs it, is absolutely wonderful. He came out and, and sort of started presenting awards. So we won a few there. We won best feature film, best directors. And then he sort of turned around this, this certificate and I saw my name and I kept double taking and I kept <laughs> looking at it and looking at my parents and looking at it. And he, he gave it to me. It's the first award that I've, that I've won um, for any, anything I've done actually. And it was, yeah, I was really glad my parents were there for that moment because it felt like all of these times that I haven't had a job <laughs> and you, you sat by and gone, please, please get some work soon. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it felt really good that, that they were there. For well, that congratulations. Moment. It's well-deserved. You were so Thank good you. in it. Thank you very much. And again, so well-deserved. I'm looking forward to your future projects down the road. Is there one around the corner that you can share? Um, yeah. Oh, let me have a think. I've, I'm in quite a fantastic situation in that I've just been cast in a couple of things, but they're all still in pre-production. <laughs> nice. Um, but, um, one that so I'm now really you have to come about, back, see? I have to come back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but one I'm, I'm really excited about actually, and it, it ties in very nicely with Camping Trip. Um, I'm writing my first feature film myself. Oh, wow. Um, which I've never done before. I've written a few shorts, but I've never done written a feature film before. And it's actually because of uh, my castmates from Camping Trip that it's even happening. Um, I had a very strange dream and told them about it. And Alex, who plays Ace, said, you've got to make that into a movie. So they've been with me through the writing process. They, um, Jonathan and Hannah especially do lots of read-throughs for me so I can go through and edit. Alex is helping me edit. Um, so that one I'm really excited about. It's probably going to be a while before it's, you know, off the ground and ready to go. But it's it's really special, I think, that, we, we you know, this bond that we formed shooting Camping Trip is now actually leading us to other projects and things that we're going to work together again on in, in the future. That sounds very exciting. I want to wish you all the best on that project. Thank you. Uh, please Thanks feel free much. to keep me updated because I'm I'm sincerely very interested in it. And um, uh, that is just wonderful. Well, I thought before we would conclude, although I could literally talk to you for another hour or two for sure, quite easily, <laughs> but you might be like, oh, I think I need to go now. But um, I would like to ask you, I mean, I realize that this answer could change a year, five years, 10 years from now. But at the moment, mm -hmm. what are you liking the most about being an actress like what do you like the most at this time about acting i'm just curious oh uh, that's another very good question <laughs> yeah. i saved one of the best for last yeah yeah you absolutely <laughs> did Thank um you. i think i think a lot of it is i'm getting to know myself better as a person i feel like over the last i've, I've done a couple of projects this year and i feel like especially over those um i'm really getting to to know myself by getting to know the characters um, and sort of what what they like and what they're interested in and and seeing how I can sort of find my hook into those it's, it's giving me a lot of um yeah it's, it's giving me a really different perspective on myself which I love um but I I think as well just anything anything with a really well written woman um I'm really I, I've been really lucky actually the, the last couple of projects that I've done I've either been able to help with ideas or co-write or you know kind of give give my input 
Um, and so to have really well-written female characters, that makes me really excited when I get a script through and it feels believable and real. Yeah, that's that that's what kind of gets gets me in the room and, and gets me excited to work. Wow. What a fantastic answer. Thank you so much. I enjoyed all your answers. <laughs> I had such a great time. And speaking with you makes me want to see if the film for a third time now because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I really got some information about this film now between Leo and you. It's like, wow, yeah. you know. Yeah, you can uh, go back and watch it with all of those those stories in mind and you know, different interruptions that we had and funny things that happened. <laughs> I think well, I think we should do a director's commentary at some point because I feel like oh. all of this needs to to be out there for everyone. Caitlin I am not just saying this. That is a fabulous idea. I mean, I think <laughs> have, that have I think you should. I think yeah. you should. Um, and um, yeah, that would be great. I almost feel like I could be a part of it somehow. As like the, um, <laughs> you know, I'm like the uh, the the you know the extra guy in the commentary. Uh, you know, yeah, you're like asking us the questions and prompting us and saying, "Hey, what about this?" <laughs> Leo, remember when you brought up this moment? And Caitlin, yeah. you know, you shared with this with me. Th that would be fun. But no, that's yeah, actually a very good idea. So maybe let him know about that. I think that that would be fun. That would be fun. I'll give him a call right now. As soon as we finish, I'm going to give him a call and <laughs> pitch it to him. <laughs> well, if you do, please give him my best because I, I did enjoy speaking with him. Well, uh, thank yeah. you so much for joining me. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the summer there in the UK. And, thank you. And when it does become fall... For real, I hope you have um, an extra enjoyable fall. I have to say, uh, it's been a true delight speaking with you, so thank you. You too. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It is, honestly, it's been so wonderful. Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Hollywood and Beyond podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. See you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks for listening. <laughs>